worship and serve the Lord. Turn in, in your Bibles tonight, if you would, to Acts chapter number 16. Acts chapter number 16. And we're going to look at the conversion of the Philippian jailer tonight. And we'll begin that passage in chapter 16 and verse number 16. Good to see all of you again tonight. And the Word of God here, as we begin, I'll preach this like I did this morning. We'll just go through this verse by verse. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought, us, uh, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. And the, the same followed Paul and Silas, uh, Paul and us, and cried, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now, this is always a little bit perplexing here in a sense, because this is a, when, this, when the Word of God says it's a spirit of divination, but at the same time, that would be a spirit, a demonic power, a, de a demonic spirit. But what is this spirit doing? And what is this young woman doing? She is... Um, she's saying aloud, and this went on, by the way, for days. Uh, we'll get into that. These men, and she's saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. And when I looked at this a little bit closer, and we see here that the Bible says that uh, it was a spirit of divination. It's actually a follower of the God of Apollo. And this is an association with the python, the snake. And so there is a, it was very close to a shrine. And have we ever seen the devil take a point or a, a, a piece of Christianity and to pull it away and change the doctrine and the name of Christ can still be used and now the gospel is no longer the gospel. You remember what it said in Galatians chapter 1? If anyone comes in and changes this, let him be accursed. Don't, don't wish him Godspeed. Don't say, please leave and have a good day. Just say, just leave. Don't alter the, the doctrines of the word of God. And that's what, and the, you know, uh, the apostle Paul was very patient here. Um, at first, I probably looked and thought, well, she not doing anything wrong, right? But this went on for day after day. And again, you can name a number of uh, doctrines out there. The, the, the Book of Mormon is one of them. Or you can take uh, a portion of paganism and move it and, and blend them together. And frankly, the devil's done that all over the world with the church, uh, many, many false teaching churches today. Because if you go into a church and they're not preaching the virgin birth of Christ, but the name Christ is on the sign, or they're not preaching, if they're preaching you have to become a member of that church or go through sacraments or some other thing to maintain your salvation, that gospel, that is not, that's not the gospel. And so this was beginning, this was the beginning of that, and because of that, uh, Paul had to put an end to it. Well, it came with a price. Uh, this, by the way, just to, to, to look a little bit further at this woman, she's possessed by this divination. 
Um, and again, this would be a demonic spirit. Um, but it also says, you'll note, that they did this many days, verse number 18. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to have come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And now, uh, this woman would, would be like somebody that could look at the palm of your hand and tell you something about your life, maybe, something about the future of your life. And I think it's fair to say the more pagan society gets, the more they begin to look to the occult for direction, for uh, insight of what is coming. You know, I don't want anyone reading the palm of my hand. I trust in the Lord for today and tomorrow and for eternity. So we don't need that. Um, you know, people like to say, boy, I'd sure like to know what's going to happen. I'm not sure I want to, <laughs> right? I mean, I'd be content just to let the Lord uh, have his perfect will in all of that. Um, and, but what happens here, because she was... Um, had this ability, and when it came down to it, she was owned by somebody else. She was, uh, she, she was a slave girl. Notice verse number 19, and when her master saw, again, back up, and I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and he came out uh, the same hour. You know, you see that? I in the name of Jesus Christ to come out. There's no more powerful name in all of the earth and above the earth, for that matter, than Jesus Christ. And so he commands this woman who had this spirit that gave her power uh, to, to cast out. And, you know, when you think about her saying, these are the men of the Most High that bring salvation, it's almost a little bit of a sideshow. And it could very well have even been bringing more like, oh, you know this? Well, what's my palm say, right? I mean, you can see people doing that. In verse number 19, and when her master saw, and of course the demons have been cast out, and when the master saw the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas, and they drew them into the marketplace under the ruler. You know that word there, drew, has the idea they were drugged, by the feet, in before the rulers. Verse number 20, and brought them up to the magistrates, saying, these men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful to us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. So they're, they're very upset because they had quite, a business on the back of this slave girl that they owned. And she had that power, and once the devil was drawn out of that girl, once that no more demon possession, she then lost the, the power. Magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded 
to beat them. Now, we got some individuals here that have a very a lot of power. Uh, they, they, they bring these folks in, they, these two men in, they strip their clothes off of them, and they commanded that they be beaten. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stock. So what has taken place here, they've been beat up pretty good. If you're going to be drug in by your feet, that's going to be painful, particularly if those streets are cobble, which they very well could have been. Um, and then they were stripped of their clothes and they were laid stripes with a whip. That's what that would indicate, that they had, um, they had been beaten with some sort of a, a whip. And then they, they cast them into prison and they charged the, the jailer to keep them safe. They want revenge on these men because these two men have cost them dearly. You know, when people get saved, their lives change and their buying habits change. So if a man is a, if he drinks alcohol and he gets born again, he may struggle with that, but he's going to get away from that. If it's got an addiction hold on him, the Lord will give him power and it changes people's uh, habits. And of course, what's taking place here, these men are preaching the gospel and the gospel is a threat to the devil and it's a threat to the devil's uh, playhouse. And so, and it's a it's certainly to those individuals that were making money from this woman, who having received, verse number 24, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stock. So now they're shackled and cuffed. They've been beaten. And now they're going to cry and be upset, right? I mean, they have a right to. I mean, it looks like, doesn't it? I mean, they've had a pretty bad day here. But I just noticed here, verse number 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the, the prisoners heard them. Wow, now, we were, that, uh, that message we heard during Sunday school, uh, Dr. Gibbs, what's his first name? David. Someone asked, Art asked, and David Gibbs, Christian Law Associate, there isn't really no introduction on that video of who he was. He looks just like a preacher, right? But he is, if, if a church gets sued, he's there to defend them. Um, if you draw up a new church constitution, you want to protect yourself. He's there to be able to give advice and things like that. So this man has a ministry helping churches in the day and age in which we live to be harmless as dove and wise as serpents. You have to be very careful to make sure that you, you're not going to be in a position to be vulnerable for your church building, for your church assets, and these kind of things. But that's who that was. Um, at midnight, Paul and Silas, they prayed and they sang praises. I know uh, Brother Gibbs made the point this morning about uh, being thankful. And really, when you're praying and singing... That's kind of what you're doing, don't you think? I mean, these men, they didn't have Jody on the piano. That'd make it easier to sing. 
They didn't have that. They're just singing, and they've been beaten, and they've been dragged, and they've been uh, humiliated in a sense. Maybe they didn't take it as humiliation. But the whole crowd has been around them, and they wound the crowd up to want to attack them and to make them want to uh, throw them in prison, do whatever you want to with them. And you know, when we, this parallels our lives. Because when we, if we get in a spot where we've got a problem, it'd be just a great thing to praise the Lord. Um, now these men were serving the Lord. Um, they cast out demons. They're, you know, we talked about that this morning, that they'd been given power. Of course, the apostle Paul wasn't there at the time, but he's an apostle of Jesus Christ because he saw Jesus Christ. And he certainly was a powerful man of God. But again, I would just say on that subject, by the way, I command thee to come out of Jesus Christ. There's great power in that name. Um, and so they're praising the Lord. And you'll just notice, if we will do that. And you know, I think it's easy for us, just I guess kind of speaking for myself, to come in to take part of the, our service. And almost lose fact sometime about worshiping God. Anybody else ever kind of feel like that? I think we need to focus ourselves to make sure when we come here, folks, that we're really worshiping God. Now, we don't have to exclusively worship God. Here, you can worship God in prison. We see that. But worshiping God, and you know, for that matter, if you're singing from your heart, you're worshiping God. If you're saying, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me, you're thanking God. So those are forms of being thankful. And then because of the thankfulness, because the fact that they weren't just crying a river, notice verse number 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. Do you think that earthquake just happened? No. No. Why did that earthquake, why did the earthquake you want to move God. Now, this is good instructions for us to know. If we want to move God, then we should worship him. If we want to worship, and particularly if we're having a bad day. Uh, that was quite a testimony that David Gibbs gave of his mother and father's life, wasn't it? What, what they did and what she had gone through. I mean, you see a name like David Gibbs that's done these things to help these churches. You're, you're, not, you're not thinking about him coming. That, look that. Part of what he went through as a young boy and seeing his parents be so faithful is what made him the man that he is. But because they sang praises to the Lord, God moved. He moved with an earthquake. And if we will worship God, I'm absolutely convinced according to the author of the authority of the word of God, you want thank God to do things in your life, be thankful. Thanksgiving's a great, I mean, you think about these messages on something like that, that subject at, at Thanksgiving, but we should always be so thankful for what God's done for us. And because of their thankfulness, because they're singing praises, because they have a thankful heart and they're verbalizing it, I think that's part of it. They're not hiding the fact. Now, they were just beaten by a crowd. They were thrown in prison for being ministers of the gospel. Now they're in prison are they afraid to speak? No, they just sing out. 
And so suddenly there's this earthquake. And by the way, we did note that the, uh, the jailer was given a responsibility to hold these men. Verse number 23, uh, they cast them into prison, charging j the jailer to keep them safely. They've got special reservations for these guys tomorrow. And suddenly there was a, a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. A lot of things are taking place here, and it all comes from them praising the Lord. And the keeper, back to the prison guard, the man that's over this, I guess uh, the warden, because there's a number of prisoners here, and the keeper of the prison awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors opened, he drew out the sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. You know, we're you're looking at a pretty hard world right here. This, these leaders aren't going to mess around. Why would that jailer be ready to put a sword in his stomach? He wasn't going to get the, oh, well, too bad. That's okay. You're going to get a demerit. He wasn't getting it. He was going to be killed. He was going to take his life because that the earthquake had opened the doors. The earthquake did it. Yeah, the earthquake took place. Let me rephrase that. The Lord did that. The Lord gave a great earthquake because of these men's thankful hearts. And he would have taken his own life. But Paul, verse number 28, cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Do thyself no harm. This neat thing is, this is the beginning, this is the inception, this chapter is the inception of the book of Philippians later on. People are getting saved here. Okay, so they, because they're thankful, they're obedient to the Lord, they're ministers of the gospel, and because of that, the bands fall off. Paul, and this man was going to take his life, Paul cried, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Now, Paul could have let him, think about Paul's decision here. Paul could have simply said, that rascal, he was the guy that was beating on us. Possibly could have been. He could have been one of, drag those men in here. He could have been one of the guys making that command. And Paul could have said, let that guy take his life. Look where we are. And we'll just walk right out of this prison. But what does he do? He's concerned about this man's soul. He said, do thyself no harm. Verse number 29, then he called for a light, the prison guard. He sprang in and he came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. You know what? This prison guard sees something here. He just caught a glimpse of the power of God. Now, we have so much because I was mentioning this this morning. Our power doesn't necessarily line up exactly with what these men had in that apostolic age. But we have give, we're given so much power, it's unbelievable. We have the power to reach the throne of heaven. 
All we have to do, and I, I did, it always amazes me when you study the Old Testament and you figure out that the, the high priest could go into the inner holy of holies once a year, and nobody else could go in to that inner sanctuary, and it can only happen once a year. And there were layers to get to God because that was before Jesus Christ had paid that price of sin. And once he paid the price for sin, he was the lamb on the altar. And he, and he was victorious and he rose from the dead. And we have this commandment, come boldly before the throne of God. So we have this wonderful privilege to be able to come boldly. So we've got a lot of power. We have a lot of power. Someone's sick. Someone's got problems. Someone has needs. That's why I think we need to be as transparent as we can with one another about our prayer requests. And let our, let your, you know, the Bible said, let your requests be made known to God. But there's, it's great to have people that will pray for you if you ask them to. And you'll pray for them. And so we have a lot of power. They came in trembling and if our lives can reflect God's holiness, our, our lives, not that we would want to be, uh, you know, Mr. Super Spiritual or Mrs. Super Spiritual to be self-righteous and to look down our nose, but to be helpful and to, to really, you know, we talked about those fruits of the Spirit this morning. If, you, if we're carrying the fruits of the Holy Spirit, we ought to read those about once a week anyway, just to note them. Because if, if we're filled with the Spirit, then we're going to have joy. We're going to have peace. We're going to have long-suffering. We're going to have gentleness. We're going to possess those things. We as, we as believers are also, we're also in the flesh. And we have to be in the flesh. We couldn't be here tonight if it weren't for our flesh so the, we got to get our flesh to church. But the, the point being, we have the new nature and the spirit of God, but we also still have the flesh. So, And when the Bible speaks of being filled with the spirit, really what it's doing is the Lord will convict us and show us, what is it that's making me not so gentle? That's one of the fruits of the spirit. See, I can be not gentle, okay? If I'm going to be gentle, that's of the Lord. That's a spirit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I can be clouded and not joyful. Can you be like that? <laughs> so what we need to do is come before the Lord, Lord so we have that joy. And there's a big difference between happiness and joy. That joy is, it just fills your soul. And it, you know what? It's all rooted in where we're going, but that spirit of God is within us, and we have all of the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in us. And so... You can have the opportunity to lead someone to Christ. You have the opportunity to be a witness. And here, that, that's what's going on here in verse number 29. It's like, who are these men that they would be beaten, dragged in here, laid stripes on them, that they would be shackled and cuffed to be singing at midnight? And then there's an earthquake, and I know why it is. I'm the jailer. I understand what's going on. He got it. 
He knew the power of God was all over these men, and because of that, he came in and he falls down here trembling. And here's what he says. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to, to be saved? The simplistic answer of the gospel. You know what you're seeing here, by the way, in the, in the, in the jailer? Conviction of the Lord. That's where you got to be to get saved. Um, because everything that had happened, and honestly, the fear of the Lord is a big part of that. Because you get a glimpse before you're saved of, oh my, I'm in trouble. God is holy, I'm not. God is righteous, I'm not. Um, and so... The fear of the Lord moved in on this man because of these men and their willingness to do what God would just be obedient and to give it all to the Lord. And they brought them, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And notice here, if you're under conviction of God, here's the instructions to be saved. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Now, I said that if you're under the conviction of the Holy Spirit because people will look at that and take that half-heartedly. They will have a, I think the phrase is easy believism. It's like, you know, it's like, I'll take that, right? Just put that in my pocket. But when you believe in the Lord for salvation, it's earth-changing. It's life-changing. It's like this earthquake. And I can tell you, because we can read the book of Philippians, we know what happened here. We'll go on here and look at the, what takes place in the believer's life when they get saved. And they, and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. There's the point of thy house. He went and got his family. You get the idea here that maybe this, uh, this responsibility that he's got an adjacent property here. I mean, this is the jailer, okay? And he lives right there. He's in that jail all the time. His family's right there close by. And they spake unto him with the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Now, I always like to say, Who's washing whose stripes here? Well, we know who were beaten. And this is a good example um, that when you get saved, what happens? Well, you get born again, and there comes that new nature. What is that new nature? Well, we were just talking about them. The fruit of the Spirit begins to show up. And now, this guy's helping them. I don't know what they're putting on their back. I'm sure they needed something get hit with a whip it doesn't feel good and it stings for welts up and stings for a long time and he took them to the same hour of the night washed their stripes and then these men are baptized this family is baptized and he and he and all his straight way you know just speaking of the gospel here once you know you've been born again once you have the assurance of salvation once you're saved 
you're ready to be, you're eligible to be baptized. Not to mix it up with part of salvation, but it's the first step, really, of obedience to the Lord. And that's exactly what took place here. They baptized these people. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God and all of his house. Now, it's amazing when you look at that last verse. That's our conclusive verse there. Um, they end up having what Paul and Silas had. Notice what it says there. And when they brought them into the house, and he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. It's an, uh, you know what? That's another example of thankful heart, thankful outpouring. And this man ended up, that's what he saw here. He saw the power of God unquestionably, but he also heard, why did he know they were such men of God? If they had been sitting in there like church mics, not saying a word, and there was an earthquake, would he have put that together that that happened because of Paul and Silas? I don't think so. It just comes back to the same point that if we want to please God and we want to serve God, then it comes down to this thankful heart, being willing and thankful to Him, looking beyond ourselves and being just uh, so thankful, worshiping the Lord and putting Him first in our lives. So that's our message tonight. I hope that is an encouragement to you. Be of a thankful heart. It is the, it is the one thing that will give great honor to the Lord, and it's a way that we can worship Him on a daily basis. Let's pray.